Hi everyone, just wanted to give a content warning at the start of the episode. This film, Lovers Rock, uh, depicts some topics such as racism and domestic abuse and sexual assault. And uh, we just wanted to let you know that we discussed those topics a little bit in this episode. Um, so we wanted you to know, so you weren't blindsided by that. Um, thank you so much for listening. You're as much to blame, cause I know you feel the same. I can see it in, in your, your eyes. Because <laughs> I got no time to play. You ready, Adam? You're yeah. silly. silly. Games! <laughs> Thank oh. you. Wow. wow. But they go even higher Bumbo. than that. They go even higher than that. That was, definitely they do. Silly games. <laughs> I also missed the first time because I'm an idiot. That they're singing that at the beginning. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same woman who's going the, doing the high note in the kitchen who's doing it on the dance floor. What? Did you say you missed that because you're an idiot? Yeah. Nah, that doesn't make yeah. you an idiot. But you missed a thing about a movie. Okay. No. You're Thanks an idiot everyone. because you're like the dumbest person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's back, but- everybody. She's back. <laughs> it's like you never Hello. left. <laughs> Hello. Uh, welcome to Is It Whack? Uh, it's a movie podcast where we talk about uh, whack movies. Well, we, we debate Although- them. Uh, is this a movie? Is this a show? Oh, come on. We're starting that. <laughs> We're starting that discussion. And the person who just started it is a co-host, Hannah. Hi. Uh, also joined by Nara. Hi. Also joined by Sebby the Deck Dector. Hello, Sebi Fantas. The deck Dector. Hi. Sebby the Tech Deck Dector. <laughs> Do you like you, Tech Deck? Did you play Tech Deck? Uh, I didn't in particular. I, no, I thought his they were fingers cool. were too busy reading on the sidelines. <laughs> I really can't figure out is how to use bad? a tech deck. Your how to me it? is that I was reading? Yeah, I'm like bad at tech decks. No, it was decks. a joke about you being and your fingers being too nerdy to tech deck. Oh, okay. It <laughs> okay. like a stretch. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny. Sorry. I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Uh, and my <laughs> name's Adam. Uh, we're in the midst of a mini-series entitled Hannah, what's it called again? (laughs) Hannah hasn't gone frozen (laughs) but uh, is pretending that she has gone frozen so that she doesn't have to answer this question we haven't come up with a name but I propose uh... Wacky Cheese Um... what happened to that? that was a perfect title I disagree that it's a perfect title, but I agree that we don't have anything else. Um. Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh. Whack it up, like backing it up, like on the dance floor. Whack. Uh. That's not. Raise bad. the whack. Um. Raise the whack is pretty good. Nara, you had. I was didn't trying you post to post one in the Slack. I did, but now I am taking it back because I think it's taking it whack. Much. Um, Do you want to say it anyway? No. Okay. (laughs) Raise the whack is pretty good. 
No, it's not. How is that not was, good? How is that how not does it? Good? Ri- it doesn't rhyme. It's not a pun. Whack of the party instead of life of the party. These are just you're just saying whack <laughs> with random words. Yes. <laughs> What's wrong? Might with as that? well just call the series whack. Perfect. That's actually and pretty go, good. It's a play no. on party. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see any of you. My internet bad. I can see you. Yeah, okay, I can I see, see everyone. You. Everyone's frozen for me, but I can still hear you. Wait, Nara, did you get a haircut too? I didn't no, get a haircut. I just dyed my hair. And it looks cool. Thank you. And Seb, your haircut looks cool too. People keep telling me I got a haircut when I didn't. Maybe, Maybe. people broke into your house and cut your hair. I guess mm. it's possible. Mm. Sinister plot. <laughs> um, oh, um, how about... Um, how about, uh, uh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what was that really popular Drake song where it's like, Kiki, do you love me? That uh, was in, really popular. In, in my feelings. In my feelings. Yeah. Okay. In my feelings by, by Dra- what? No, no, no. This doesn't make any sense. Unbelievable. <laughs> because that was a song you would maybe hear at a party. I don't know. Yeah. I can't believe Wacky Cheese is still the champion. <laughs> it's not. Hey, I was on board for Raise the Whack. I thought that was really good. Or Whack It Up. We should let the fans. I Fantas like Whack decide. It Up. The fans? The Fantas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I won't overrule it if that's what the people decide. Well, speaking of... Oh, whack into the club. Like, walk into the club at a party. You're like, <laughs> it's like at the beginning, like... Walk, walk into, into the, the club. club at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could just be called whack into the club at a party. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty good title. <laughs> okay, okay. Remember when we said we wanted this to be an hour? (laughs) (laughs) I think we can do it. Yes. Okay. What movie are we discussing today? Sebi, you brought it in. We are discussing Steve McQueen's Lover's Rock, part of the Small Axe miniseries of films or debatably televisions. (laughs) There's... Okay. This... (laughs) Can I love we the not, televisions. Can we not even have this conversation at all? Oh, please? Yeah. I'm it's okay so stupid. It. Who cares? I, it's if you I, consider them movies, they're movies. If you consider it a mini series, it's a mini series. Who cares? Yeah, I don't Sorry, care. I, I was be, ju- I, I was just I'm joking earlier. I know. I, I don't actually. I'm not actually angry, but I just remember hearing <laughs> that this was like a controversy, and it's like, I mean, I think they're all movies. Loosely yeah. tied well, together I, with some thematic similarities, I like people getting award. mad. Yeah, I guess. But I remember AV Club said they weren't going to put any of the small axe movies on their best of movies list because they were TV. I understand getting mad about that because it's like, I don't know, they're so good, and it's and they are like, it's well, not a serialized story. No, they're like individual things. But it's hard because it's like also I, not feature length because. They are feature length. No, an hour is not feature length. A short is any anything like a feature is anything. So a short is anything like forty five minutes or under, and any anything over that is a feature. I'm pretty sure by like festival standards. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, here technically... we are falling into this debate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, my point was just, you know, there it's a it's a work of art and we can discuss it in any terms, whether it's a movie or a TV <laughs> show in your mind. We're here to discuss Lovers Rock. Yes. Sorry, I'm a little um, testy right now. I'm just tired. I know. <laughs> I'll I'm get sorry, back on the Adam. I'll get back on the good vibes. I'm here with my friends. I love you all. Oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um so my personal history with this film, you ask. I do ask. <laughs> That's exactly what I was asking. Yeah, no not, one heard it, but I sorry, did. Sorry, yeah. not good at doing the stuff that Funke does. I know. Going, go transitioning from point to point. Someone no, else want to be in charge? It's Nara, all, you you're wanna, doing you wanna, great. You wanna, Nara, I can be, be in charge. charge. I'd love to be in charge. Okay. Passing it okay, off to you. Says. Let's start the episode again. Wait, wait, wait. Can you do the intro? Okay. Whack it up. Whack it up. Whack it up. <laughs> Hello. This I is thought we decided whack. on whack into the club at a party. I know, but right now we're in a we are a podcast that talks about movies and whether they're whack and whack can mean literally whatever. Um, but you know we have thoughts on it and we're gonna rate things according to their whackness, even though whackness means literally anything. Um, very good scientific system we've worked out. Right now, in there in the midst of a mini series about parties that we've just decided is called whack into the club at a party <laughs> is that it <laughs> perfect and today seb has brought us the movie um lovers rock that's part of the uh series small acts and seb would you like to talk about why you chose this film and um seeing this film for the first time and your continued history with it, which I assume is quite condensed because it just came out this summer. <laughs> but before we have that conversation, is this a movie or a TV show? <laughs> and I'm in charge and I'm going to say cancel that conversation. I'm going to say we skip that conversation and go straight to sub. All right. First of all, I want to point out that recently my mom was talking to me about these movies and she said, what are those things you like? Little boxes? I was like, "What?" And it took us like it took us like five minutes to to figure out that she was talking about the small axe movies. Anyway, <laughs> little boxes. On every side, little I guess there boxes is an X in axe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Little yeah, okay. is like small, and box kind of sounds like axe. <laughs> I can see how she got there. Um, does anyone know why they're called that? Uh, Bob Marley. Is that a Bob Marley song? What? Cool. All right. Uh, I heard about these movies, that they were good. I like this director, and so I watched them <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Um, this is the only one I think that has... Okay, this is unfair, but this is the one with the most joy in it. The others yeah. are very, very hard to watch. Um, this one also has, you know, dark moments, which we'll we'll get into. But... I would say it's the only McQueen movie I've seen, and I haven't seen Hunger or Shame, but I can't imagine that they're, you know, laugh riots. Um, this is the McQueen movie I've seen with the most joy in it out of any of them, even my beloved Widows. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love this movie, and I want to share it as a as a party movie. 
with all of you. Thank you. Yeah, the the it uh it's certainly the only Steve McQueen film that like foregrounds the the joy. I, I wrote about this in my letterbox review from when I first watched the movie about a, a month ago. Um but yeah, like you know, there's small moments of joy in a lot of Steve McQueen's films. Um but usually that's kind of the offset to like a a more downtrodden um tone or a more you know sad tone can't find the right word but um yeah and and this i feel like it's the inverse of how a lot of steve mcqueen movies operate tonally where it's like there is a lot of darkness um you know there's the the white racist guys that are hanging out on the street there's uh even someone within the party which we'll we'll get to who who's dangerous and so it's not like it's all joy. It's not like it's all like good times. But um, I think it foregrounds that joy and that togetherness and that kind of uh, celebration, uh, and has the other stuff kind of as the 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 offset and tone, which is yeah, I think a flip on like pretty much all of Steve McQueen's other work, like small acts and his his other four features. Um, the other four features are Hunger, Shame. 12 Years a Slave and Widows, for the record. Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. Okay, IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify, we're talking around who he is. It's, some no, people might not know. You just wanted everyone to know that you know. Okay, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fair. I also forgot to mention that I think... Aside from Insomniac the movie, which is available to watch now at insomniacfilmfestival.com, I think this is my favorite movie of last year. And I haven't seen a ton, as we discussed on our Look Look Whack episode, but I've seen like, uh, you know, a handful, and this is the one that uh, I like the most. Wow. Beautiful. Perfect. Mine was The Kissing Booth too. <laughs> no, not that one. Loved it. Sorry. Better than the Sorry. first. No. The critics not are that. raving. <laughs> it's yeah. This probably in my top ten of the year for sure. It was my favorite. Oh, I just so you hear that. Sorry. Oh no, I haven't seen Kissing Booth too. I was talking about oh, okay. Rock. <laughs> I actually thought you were talking about I'm sure Kissing Booth 2 is a okay. masterpiece, though. I'm sure it's one of the 10 best. No, I just would like to clarify that the Kissing Booth movies are <laughs> some of the most garbage, garbage. that, And I love garbage, but I don't even. Yeah. No, anyways. <laughs> uh, do either of you have a. Oh, sorry, Nara. Actually, you're the you're facilitating this episode. <laughs> I'm not, I'm does an, does anybody else have any personal <laughs> anecdotes about this film that they would like to share now? I am passing the mic. I watched I it a month ago <laughs> uh, uh, in my house um, and liked it a lot. Uh, it's all, it's def- yeah, it's definitely my favorite of the small axe films as well. Um, we don't have to talk too much about the rest of them. I'm not sure if if everyone's seen all of them, but uh, I have not. Well, then we don't have to talk much about them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like all of them. I think they're all good. They range from good to really, really good. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this is this is this is my my favorite of all of them for sure. I love education. Also, education uh, made me cry. Damn. But I love I love all of them. Hannah, but do I you feel have like that one's underrated. Um, I I watched. It was the first movie I watched in my new apartment. Uh, wow. Woo. Yeah. And uh, there you go. <laughs> I watched this movie for the first time uh, this morning, but I had heard about it previously because Madeline talked about it on High Tea podcast. Ooh. Shout out, Madeline. Oh, shout out, High Tea. Shout out, High Tea. Shout out, people watching this film before me. But yeah, I have a, I have a short history with actually seeing this film, but I've heard about it like so long ago. Yeah, I feel like it was the one that was getting the most buzz out of um, yeah. all the small axe films for sure. Uh, and maybe that is because it foregrounds joy. Maybe it's easier for people to find their way in. It's also, you know, as this is the topic of our series, it's a party movie and it's a very kind of visceral party movie like um there's long stretches where you're just put in the middle of dancing um so good and so it really makes like it it really tries to make you feel like you're there you're you're at the party um even going as far as kind of you know making sure you understand like the layout of the party the geography Mm -hmm. of the space uh all that stuff so you know in a time where we can't really have parties right now i'm sure that resonated with a lot of people or or made or excited a lot of people yeah i mean watching like the parties where it's just these long out like drawn out dance scenes was like i was like oh my god yeah it made me want to cry i miss dancing yeah but it was but it also really really beautifully kind of captured like the energy of being in like a dancing or like space um which I feel like not always movies don't always do like make you feel that immersed in mm-hmm. where you in it. Was really cool. Um, before we go into the meat of our discussion, Seb, would you like to summarize? Ah, uh, yes. I was pulling up IMDb. Uh, I thought you myself. were IMDb. No, I'm not. <laughs> Despite I thought we established uh, that you were IMDb. That's just Seb actually tech just a mean deck name. IMDb Dector. <laughs> oh, Percy Dector. Oh, thanks. Wait, did you <laughs> say the there? did you say the deck? Did you throw the deck in there? Yeah. The tech deck? Oh, okay. Daniel Sebastian Tech Deck IMDb Percy Deck. I thought my fingers were too busy on IMDb to be uh doing tech deck tricks or whatever. You know, if I, if if uh i i am uh okay uh if i was seb i would say uh so not only are you am i imdb i am the deck oh, imdb no, and i am oh, the that's deck pretty good seb can if you ever become like a pop star can you be can your name be i am dot d dot b <laughs> like um, will i, will... I am I will but agree I... to anything that starts with when you become a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think I'll have to follow through on it. <laughs> Whoa, come on. Okay. We heard you singing, we heard you're singing off you the top. Okay, it's okay. my dream. I know you're supportive. <laughs> Lovers Rock is about uh, a lot of people and a lot of 
Well, my grandma is getting good with emojis. Oh, hell yeah. Um, sorry. Um, What's she saying? A bunch of crying laughing, which Aww. surprised me. Uh, sorry. So, Lovers Rock, ensemble cast, but main character is probably Martha, who is a young woman, um, young uh, West Indian woman in England, as uh, much of the cast is of all the small X films is uh, of West Indian descent. And she's going to a party, um, a house party that's sort of um, with the DJ. Um, and it seems like it's her first time. Uh, and it's kind of just this party. <laughs> I don't know why I got so flustered there. And she meets a guy. Yes, yeah. she meets Franklin. Um, Cynthia is also like a, I feel like secondary main character who's a teenager who is going it's her to the party. Birthday party. It's her seventeenth birthday. It is her seventeenth birthday. Um, and uh, she has a, um, more traumatic experience. Um, but there's lots of other characters too who uh, we will get into. Why can't I talk today? Anyone know? Because no. it's late. It's We're recording like late. I know. Yeah, it's these late it's recordings. Literally, it's literally dinner time. Everybody's just a little bit hungry. Yeah, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> Not me. I had the foresight to eat a snack. I I did eat a snack, but I just had a piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs> we could go character by character in party movie tradition, though that yeah. didn't last long with nowhere. Yeah, um, well, nowhere is nowhere. So yes. I think it's gonna be easier with yeah. this film. I feel like Should you guys. Start... I feel like you guys on nowhere captured a good like kind of scattered feeling, like a controlled scattered feeling. You know that like emulated the film really well. So that Thank was. You. I we just wanted to compliment to you guys. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great episode. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, a, and a great movie. Good pick, Nara. Great movie. Thank you. I love movies and watching good ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to ask to go character by character. I feel like it would almost make more sense to go through sort of the secondary characters and then get down to yeah, the main sure. characters. Um, just because I feel like... I don't know. I, I just feel like... Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Because the main you, characters kind of thread through the whole party. They thread through the whole thing and then also they sort of like get the resolution and I don't want to give away the resolution right at the beginning before we we get into other characters because then i feel like it feels kind of anticlimactic talking about the other mm, people mm. yes yeah, i want to leave talk... a little leave a little intrigue on this podcast just a little bit <laughs> um, where are we gonna go I... you'll never know i want to talk about uh jabba the bouncer who i love oh my god i love him um almost a like spiritual protector of the party you know yeah. one of the most powerful moments in it is when uh, Martha is getting chased by a group of racist young guys and he he kind of just like almost like appears in frame like the, the yeah. camera like follows her and she runs into him and he's just there um, and you know throughout the party he's keeping it safe in, in various ways um, but I love his girlfriend and I love them yes! as a couple they look oh like such god, a realistic so couple I don't know what yeah. it is oh my god and just the way that they're like kind of chilling at the back when things get really like like exciting and stuff in the dance floor and everyone's just like 
like, you know, dancing and dancing and they're just kind of dancing with each other at the back yeah. and I loved it. Well, it's also like that. It's like they come like she they appear as like a couple of like the perfect like the ideal time in like any party or event where it's like it's kind of like just before it's gonna fully die down and mm-hmm. everybody's kind of they're like, okay, like nothing left to lose, like now or never, I'm gonna go hard and then they're just sort of they're just like witnessing it. Yeah. Which is like a really interesting perspective for them to have. Um, and like sort of forms their character in a really interesting way where it's sort of like they've already I don't know, it sort of gives them like a air of maturity over everyone else where it's like Definitely. they've already done that and now they're sort of like facilitating the space for this new generation to make sure they're safe and don't if there's any like like we don't know like much about their backstory but if there's any struggles that i imagine they had to go through Mm. similar to like some difficult parts that went on in like this party they they're sort of there to make sure that doesn't happen or that to make sure that it goes like as smoothly as possible so these like young people can just enjoy themselves and be able to like have that joy without like any worries or like caveats yeah yeah, yeah, I really loved that moment because it felt like, uh, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, we've we've done our job. Now we can kind of just watch mm-hmm. the party proceed. Like, we our, our role was to make sure that this party operates smoothly, that everyone feels safe and comfortable. Um, and, you know, now they're able to just kind of stand back and they don't seem like they're having a bad time, but they're also not like in the midst of the dance or anything. It's very much a thing of like, yeah, we can now we've we've facilitated a a pretty good party. We can now stand yeah. back and uh just kind of enjoy what we have uh accomplished, I suppose in a way that we have provided this space and this great party and uh yeah, I don't know. I really like I really liked that. I really liked that moment. I love how you like they don't have to say much. Does the girlfriend even have any lines? Oh my and, god, Adam hates but, us. Oh, no. Last Adam. Um, He's back. But I was just going to say, like, I just love how, like, there's, like, they don't have to say much to, like, present this, like, maternal and, like, paternal, like, kind of mm-hmm. quality. Like, there is, like, a kind of, I don't know. It just, like, I just, like, felt so drawn to them in mm-hmm. that scene. It was great. She holds mm-hmm. him back at one point um, when he's going to, like, keep fighting with Clifton. And um, I think that shows, you know, a lot about their relationship. And I think, I mean, her costume and stuff and the performance is great, but it's also just great that it's, I feel like this really tiny woman with this like massive guy and she's still able to hold him back. Um, and, and you see their relationship there. It's great. And I, I like what you said, of uh, Nara, about them and Adam, about them coming up and watching the dance, Thanks. the last scene. Because it's what you said, Adam, of um, keeping track of the time and space of the party in, in yeah. such a deliberate way. It's like, okay, all the people who are supposed to come are there. They can kind of close the doors, and now it's winding down, and that's why the energy is so high. That's the peak of it. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah, and it's very, it's you know, it's very subtle and not done in any kind of tacky or gimmicky way where it's like, now we're at showing you the time hour 10 of the party yeah or something like that you know it's it's very uh organically weaved through and you get to that point and it really feels like yeah we're we're at a different time and place within the party than we were like 30 minutes ago um but yeah very organically weaved i don't know i i don't know how else to kind of describe that but I, i was just impressed by that the passage of time and how they were able to show that so organically 
I feel like they understood that, like, uh, you know, anybody who's been to a house party before knows that moment in the night. Mm. You know what you I mean? House party? Yeah, we all we all know we <laughs> all know like, it. We all know it. Like all of us. No, but like, um, you know when things are. Adam's like, such an expert on this, actually. Uh, actually, I just, Adam, you hosted I, multiple house I was just, parties. I was Don't just, do this I, weird I just, bit. I was just saying, yeah, like it's like they understand because we all have been to like lots of parties. You've referenced your Matrix party on this podcast <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were making a really good point. <laughs> no, no, it's just like I, I just love that when a film like that centers around a party or like depicts a party really understands like the energy of a party and the lifespan of a party and like mm. can immerse you in a way where it's like, you know, even though like it doesn't matter like the times and places of these parties can vary but like you understand the energy of like people coming together and like i don't know it just there's something that like immediately resonates i just thought it was really well done um mm-hmm. and, and, it, and and you're right in the way they showed the time uh yeah yeah it is cool that um a movie that's so specifically depicting this community at this time as as all the other uh, small x movies are doing as well feels so familiar in how it's yeah. doing a party and i mean steve mcqueen's like you know lives in our time so maybe he's making it more modern but it it feels so accurate um no yeah and it, uh, it's very cool when when all the guys are like starting to get get really excited dancing at the <laughs> so end and they're kind of oh, spend, I love that. it reminded me like of like so many like like even though it's completely different circumstances and everything like being at like some underages show or like <laughs> some kind of thing where you know and it was yeah i don't know i think there's like a familiar like parties do have this kind of i don't know what i'm saying but it was so awesome it was a very cool yes thumbs up yeah that that i think that's my favorite um that's the best part of scene in the whole the movie. Film. It also, mm-hmm. I love it so much because uh, uh, r- right before that is uh, uh, the moment with the cousin. What's his? What's the cousin's name? Clifton. Yeah, Clifton. Where he? Oh, maybe we could just talk about. I, I mean, I, I don't have. Love I don't know if we're ready to move on, but Clifton's my favorite uh, character in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like you understand so much. Uh, just his pain, like the pain of losing. Uh, his parent and how that's kind of fueled perhaps uh attitude that's maybe come out you know it seems at parties in in past in kind of bad or harmful ways um which is why he's you know not let into the party initially but once he is let in he 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 still has sort of a like uh combative kind of attitude already he kind of thinks like other people don't want me here um so on Mm -hmm. And he starts getting into it on the dance floor uh, and people are kind of looking at him. And then, you know, I, I, it seems like his initial reaction is like, they're judging me. They're looking at me in a negative way. They think whatever of me. Um, but then they allow him in. Like then, you know, they offer him the weed and, and start to have a great time with him. He gets on the mic. He's really accepted on the dance floor and accepted like, Oh man, I'm I'm not able to like put my words together right now, but it, 
watching it the second time, it honestly just made me really emotional, like seeing him mm -hmm. be accepted on the dance floor and then be able to just really let loose. And, oh, man, yeah, I don't know. I loved it so much. It made me so emotional. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's another thing, too, where I think, like, when they're um, not letting him in, I have the subtitles on this time, and um, the bouncer says, you can't come in here dressed like that, which is, I think, partially, like, he's not dressed for a party. He just happened to see that there was a party going on, but it's mm -hmm. also, like, a, a class difference. And, like, yeah. the first time we see him, he's, like, trying to get coins out of a payphone. And... Um, I think that contributes to the hostility as well, as well as the grief and, and seeing his cousin again and everything. And when he's dancing, I read that. I mean, I think he is trying to have a good time, but I also think he's trying to start a fight. Mm. Like he yeah. takes someone's beer. He's like kind of like pushing people um, and he's dancing really aggressively to the point that people kind of clear away from him and he's in the middle. And so I think it's it's so extraordinary and such a great moment when they offer him uh, the lead because it's like, instead of giving him what he wants and what he assumes is going to happen, like this surprises him so much that he kind of like chills out. Yeah. And, and it shows with the bouncer that being violent with him isn't going to do anything. Like it's not, it's not effective. So yeah, it is a very moving moment that he is able to express himself and, and feel accepted there. Yeah. I think also like it shows like a bit, even though there's not, I don't know, because this movie is such a, like, tone piece. There's not a ton of, like, character development necessarily. Like, there are arcs, but I don't know if there's necessarily, like, development really. But I think that does show, like... Or at least his character is more fleshed out when he gets the moment to, like, MC And the way he's mm -hmm. emceeing is much more, like... um, I think spiritual almost, or more sort of, like... um, Like, there's more sort of, like, of his personality and sort of like heart put into his emceeing versus whoever was emceeing before him who was just sort of like um a hype man yeah kind of just like hyping people up like saying observations about the party or observations about like what the song was supposed to do sort of like dictating mood whereas like in that moment it's like really is like him releasing energy through like emceeing Yeah, I think he's he's expressing himself as an artist in that moment, mm -hmm. uh, in a different way than than the other characters are. Uh, should we talk about somebody else? Where? Um, we could talk about uh, Bammy. I um, don't know any of their names, just to let you know. Besides Martha and Cynthia. Uh, we can talk about Cynthia. Cynthia and Bammy's storylines are kind of uh, intertwined. Bammy is the creepy guy. Oh, true, true. Who is who is a a big part of the movie? So uh, yeah. we should talk about. Maybe we put a warning on this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I w did. I was just wondering, um, because I wasn't super attentive while I was watching this movie to be honest because i was i did have an exam later today so i was kind of thinking about that mm -hmm. but was there because he for the first little bit of the movie was coming on to martha and she kept like rejecting him and did they have like a prior history that was like um 
supposed to be inferred or was it just sort of like she was like this guy's bad news yeah it, does, it doesn't seem like it at least not to me maybe i maybe i missed something um but it seemed like it was yeah just she gets a bad vibe from him um and as soon as he's rejected uh yeah he 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 takes it very badly he, you know he continues to pursue her uh in a very aggressive way and um yeah, I don't but I don't think they knew I don't think they knew each other beforehand. The only moment that made me think maybe they did is he like comes onto her very early and she's uh like just ignore him like to yeah. someone oh, okay. else. So she like might know who he is, but yeah, it, it's unclear. I I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I didn't know if she like knew who he was or knew the type of person that he was. Yeah, I think she probably just uh clocks what kind of person he is very quickly. Yeah. And then, um, I think there's a telling moment. He tries to like chase her into the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then she shuts him out, and everyone sees that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people are like looking at him, and he's like, "Am I a joke to you?" Um, says something to that nature, which I feel like is telling about like his pride and whatever. Yeah. Um, the most interesting thing to me about him is that he's he stays and he's able yeah. to stay which yeah, felt su- very realistic it felt that's incredibly realistic yeah it was yeah i thought what was less or what i thought was sort of like less realistic maybe about his character um was just that there was like nobody really on his side because i just sort of when i'm used to seeing a person like that it's sort of like they have like one other person that's sort of there enabling them mm-hmm. like not always it's just like more common that i see it's sort of like like strength in numbers kind of thing i guess but i think not like no one actually doing anything beyond maybe looking at him funny in that first incident like that kind of like silent enabling Mm-hmm. feels extremely realistic to me that is it's true, like yeah. this isn't my business I don't want to make accusations at someone for like something that they tried to do but didn't do or whatever and like that in itself is enabling if you're like in a position where you could do something I don't know I think I think that that's one of the more chilling aspects of it is that it, it isn't like this obvious like showing this very obvious like yes like whatever it's fine that he's doing it like we're all backing him up kind of thing but showing like the ways that people just kind of tiptoe around those things yeah um oh i can can i just talk about like i guess this is going to like jumping to a different character but talking about martha for a minute but i guess more so just like that interaction i really admired about her character how she just like wasn't afraid to give people shit for like being gross or like rude or whatever um and like how that moment could have so easily like changed the like the drama of the story in a different way in a way that maybe like would take this movie to be like less about the joy of everything um and make it like much darker if there was like that big conflict early on or, like, if the conflict, like, amounted to something bigger early on. Um, 
but I like I did think it was really interesting to have a character who just the entire time going through like her issues weren't because of like the way she like treated any of the men in the party or like the issues didn't come from being like oh like you're too like um like stubborn like strong-headed for your own good the issue came from she was neglecting her friend Mm -hmm. um and i thought that was like really interesting and and like so much more realistic Mm -hmm. to like how like interpersonal issues play out especially like at parties like when it is just like a can like a very like concentrated sort of like social dynamic um yeah yeah there is i mean there's a sorry hannah you go ahead oh no just neglecting her friend like do you mean Patty, her friend that leaves? Yeah. Like, that's, she... like, her, her one character flaws that she's... Or like, like, it has that... nothing to do with the men or... It has nothing to do with the men or anything. It's just sort of, like... I don't... I guess, like, the way I read it, it was, like, her friend... Not necessarily that her friend was, like, super uncomfortable, but, like, that she... Like, that idea that it's, like, she can stand up for herself and she, like, knows... Um like when she is being made uncomfortable and to a degree like i think she like observed when her friend was being like when they were like insulting her she was like that's not okay but then like not sort of like not totally like coming outside of herself in the way where it's like oh my friend might also feel unsafe around like being left alone around these men which i don't think necessarily was the entire conflict of like why patty left like patty probably just like it just sucks to be abandoned at a party so Mm -hmm. like that might have been more why but like seeing that like her like i don't know like her like um just sort of like that as sort of like the drama within her storyline rather than it coming from like conflict with a man well i i felt like martha was someone who like like obviously as we learn about like her family situation we understand that like like her reaction towards the advances of these men isn't just that she's like oh I'm not like taking this it's also like I think a level of guardedness right like she like it's a a mix of both but I think probably because of her trauma and her experiences has had to like build up some kind of a wall and like I don't know her story is kind of like her not having the protection of a friend anymore at the party and having to kind of open up to like a new person and it end up end up being worth it I think that's I don't know I don't know where I'm going with <laughs> no that's a yeah that. no that's a great that's a great point I, I think that's uh very true and I, I was just gonna add on the um in terms You're of like frozen. oh no this is you just started moving again for me. You were all frozen for a while. Oh, you've but... all just been fine and moving for me this entire time. <laughs> well, now just Hannah's frozen. I imagine on the audio she's going to be talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just going to add on the uh, oh, and Hannah left, but I'm sure she'll be back. Oh, and there she is. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to add on the uh, dynamic with um, uh, 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 Martha and her friend that. There's a lot of, um, like, this is a very internal film, uh, you know, a lot of, like, character uh, attitudes shown in, in, in subtle ways. But I thought that um, 
yeah, like she, Martha does feel a certain guilt about potentially like having left her friend in an unsafe situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I think it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously that knowledge would be fueled by the family history that we learn a little bit later. Hannah keeps coming in and out of this meeting is really <laughs> distracting me, but, uh, oh, now Hannah, I think is back. Yeah. Sorry, which I think is, absolutely- I missed everything you said after oh. I spoke. Oh, that's okay. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I'm probably at the end of my point. I think it is yeah, absolutely fueled by what we learn about um, uh, her her family history. And it also, mm-hmm. I mean, leads to the big moment where she steps in uh, mm-hmm. when, what are the, what's the, sorry, I don't remember Cynthia. the character names. Cynthia and Bammy. Yeah, when, when Bammy is, is sexually assaulting Cynthia and she immediately steps in like it's you know mm-hmm. she, she does not want Cynthia to be in a in an unsafe situation very unsafe situation yeah. and the the that part I forgot but the second time that part is intercut with audio of her father yeah. being abusive mm-hmm. um so yeah that that parallel is made very direct which I completely yeah. forgot about yeah and I think it comes pretty shortly after uh, uh her cousin as well um, yeah Mention, mentions the abuse which again is very subtle and kind of happens in passing it's a very uh i mean i've said this many times but it it's it's a lot of like understanding characters through small moments through just like little things that people say in passing or little glances or looks and um i think it's really easy for a movie to fall apart when that's the approach because it's kind of like come on give me give me something but they always give just the just the perfect amount it's it's no, no, really impressive um, directing, uh, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Franklin? Yeah. Yeah. All-time hot guy entrance, I think, into a movie. I literally don't remember his entrance. <laughs> you mean just him being, like, my friends being an asshole? Yeah, Sorry. but the voice, yeah. the outfit. The fact that he's there for a while and then they cut to him, beautiful. I think just me, <laughs> fine. I don't care. I'll say it. You can I say could, it. I can see that point. I actually thought it was interesting that like he's not shown as like this kind of great, perfect hot guy at the start. Like both of his friends come in like, or sorry, him and his friend, the the two of them come in like uh, making insults. Uh, no, his calls... friend does, and then he steps in later. Yeah. He references he... it. Yeah, he calls her but beef he's patty. Also was... Like he's I don't know, he does. Like... He does to be enabling his friend at the very least. Like he's yeah. like, oh, we're just joking around. Like maybe he doesn't make direct insult, but like, he's not like the... we're just joking around. He's like he said the wrong thing. He just won. Okay, maybe I'm maybe wrong... I'm remembering wrong, but he definitely didn't seem like he was like, oh, this is well, the cool was... guy. I kind of yeah. What I I just sort of I'm saw sorry. him being like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Like he didn't really care until the two of them established that they cared. Sure. Like he was gonna let it go until it became an issue, and then once it became an issue, he's like, okay, I'll shut this down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's a perfect guy, and you know he has flaws and stuff. But in the at least in the world of this film, he's, uh, he's the cool hot guy. I think he just made a. Assuming. I think he just made a guy entrance. I think he just entered like a guy. Yeah, a regular like, guy entrance. Yeah, he just made okay. a dude Fantas, entrance. Okay, Fantas, right in. I I 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, again, like, just, if, like, I, I, I definitely wasn't like, whoa, cool guy when he comes in. Because if that happened in real life and a guy was like, my friend's being an asshole, whoops, I'd be like, <laughs> very mad. <laughs> but I'd be like, yeah, tell your, tell your friend to stop. Don't, like, apologize to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah. Can, can I just speak about uh, him and Martha's relationship, uh, generally as kind of, this might be kind of getting ahead a little bit, but, um, I, I want to speak about like the end of the film because I think it's really good and interesting and kind of like speaks to the whole thematic thing of the movie, the entire movie. Uh, for me, which is like, um, like at the, at the end, you know, they leave the party, they go off, uh, and just, you know, they're making out in his, uh, at his work. Um, and then the boss comes in kind of, he's, mm. he's a, he's a dick, says some racist stuff and mm. seems to be like, it's very obvious that this guy's working at this shitty exploitive job. Uh, Martha goes back home. It's kind of made even more clear, like she's living in potentially this kind of repressive, uh, religious household. And, but, but, you know, it's, it's kind of ends on this note where it's like, yeah, the, the, this bond that's happened and, and the party at large hasn't like set either of these two characters kind of like, um, free from the realities of their life. But it's kind of this like momentary safe escape, which um, I think is great. Like, I think that's kind of the thematic thing of the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And also even looking at Lover's Rock in context of all of the small acts movies, uh, which, again, you know, I don't want to go too much into all of them. But a lot of them, the other ones are very like directly institutional critiques, like very directly getting into systemic racism in various different uh, institutions education system the criminal justice system and so on and this one is the outlier where like we said it's like it's foregrounding joy it's about the togetherness even if that stuff is still on the periphery of the film um and yeah i was just really like kind of taken by the ending of this film because i feel like it's like a summary of this entire movie but also kind of of the whole series Mm mm-hmm and I think you just made the cross guy make sense to me because I think mm. the guy with the cross who we see at the beginning and the end, he's dragging across a large cross uh, through the streets in, I know very little about the Bible, but I think in a symbol of the suffering of Christ, right? I believe and so. So... If the movie's bookended by that and in the middle there's a party, it's like it's just like what you're saying. Like there's a party and then on the fringes, even of the party itself, there is suffering and violence and fear and racism and and all those things. But it is this temporary respite. And as you said, for the whole series, I remember Mm -hmm. not to brag when I went to see if Beale Street could talk at TIFF with Insomniac member Sam, who gave me a ticket. Um, Barry Jenkins was there and he was talking about it and he was saying that he felt 
as a black man in America, a lot of the time he's having a great time, he's walking down the streets, and then something will happen that will will be some reminder of, of uh, oppression or racism. And he wanted to capture that in Beale Street, which I think is an amazing movie, which has these big moments of joy and, you know, interwoven with the suffering and the oppression, right? And I feel like Small Axe with this movie is doing the same thing. Um, it's not, even though the other movies are very hard to watch, because of this one, it's not just relentless, horrible uh, violence. Mm-hmm. But then also, yeah, all Martha has to do is walk outside the party for like mm-hmm. a couple seconds and immediately be like faced with the real world outside of the confines of the party. And I think it's interesting that even like what happens to Cynthia happens outside mm-hmm. too. Yeah, true. I don't know if that was intentional, but the idea of like the party almost being like safe like the in the actual building the the crisp space that they've created i don't know yeah well, no it, yeah no that's a good that's a good point i didn't think I, about I think that. it's like completely intentional that like specifically the room where the dance floor is is like the space mm-hmm. where community comes together um and like they can be safe and express themselves how they want um especially like with clifton's story um too mm-hmm. um which i think is like yeah that's like super intelligent super interesting and then it is like it's also um i don't know it's also just interesting to think about sort of like how that sort of like display like how there's like sort of two like long sections in that room like the one where they're all singing and the song plays and they're all dancing it's like a very tender emotional moment and then the one later on that's like a very like when they're dancing and it's like all the mostly just like the men dancing it's just like mm-hmm. very raw visceral um like almost like angry sort of moment um where it is i think like at once like one minute <laughs> uh, nara's sister is uh, uh has some thoughts she wants to yeah, share on the <laughs> Lover's Rock and she can't keep silent anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, okay, there's not. <laughs> My sister was trying to talk to me and now I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, the room... You're making, you're making a great point. The room was... itself where the, the dance floor is self-expression oh. and anger. Yeah, and I think it's sort of like those, like those two moments sort of show like emotions that they wouldn't necessarily be able or um might not feel like they wouldn't necessarily be able to like release in like a public Mm -hmm. space or in a space that where they weren't surrounded by like other black folks and other like people who are facing the same issues because it's like um yeah and it like really is just a safe space and that is the time when they get to release all these emotions whether they be positive or negative or anything yeah i thought the scene where um franklin's boss like comes in where when he's at his work and he switches up his speech yeah for a moment i was like because i'm stupid i was like oh was he 
pretending to talk a certain way to the whole movie to like impress uh Martha and then I was like no I'm so dumb he <laughs> pretends to talk that way at work uh, yeah, he, yeah yeah it took me a second because I'm stupid not stupid I also think it's it's interesting the boss which is up how he, he talks like he's kind of like um nice to them at first in front of Martha um and then he's you know mean and racist to Franklin in private and I think in his mind he's being a nice guy mm-hmm. which is interesting and I think like even though danger is like literally on the outside of the house it always feels realistic like it always it doesn't feel like the stylized thing or whatever I was thinking even like what you guys were saying about the house the first scene when they're out unloading the speakers there's a group of white guys sitting outside giving them dirty looks like right outside the house yeah so again but only the house is the, the safe place well, yeah, it's also, like, interesting, like, when this film was, like, opening, um, it was, like, an interesting way of, like, showing, like, getting ready for a party, which I really appreciated, like, showing, like, the build-up, even though it's kind of, like, slow and anticlimactic, it's, like, there's just people, like, cooking in the kitchen, um, and they're just, like, moving furniture, um, but it's sort of like one of like, but it's like so perfect. Like the weather is so nice and everybody's just sort of like happy to be like doing what they're doing. And it's like, there's no issues like in the like setup for it at all. Like everything's going perfectly. Um, which I thought was like really nice as like a way to like bring you into this story where you sort of just get a sense of like the culture and especially like with like, um, like dub culture and stuff, which is like, I'm like, don't know a lot about obviously but like i'm a little bit familiar with like seeing some of the conventions of this and how it's sort of like contrasted with um babylon which like takes the entire sort of like dub mc culture and like looks at it but in like a very stressful way like kind of like the antithesis to this movie almost like in the way it treats like um like anti-black violence and like racism in like the uk and specifically like in that music scene and then also like young soul rebels which also is very heavy and like intense dealing with the same scene um but those two like don't really go into the sort of like before the like simmering before the party which i thought Mm -hmm. is like really interesting i was just just don't think many party movies go into the sort of like low simmer prep for the party that's like honestly like one of the best parts of planning any event like it's Mm -hmm. super stressful but it's also so fun yeah that excitement is so so palpable in those opening scenes it just gets you so hyped up to to see the actual party yeah the anticipation they're singing the song they're singing the song yeah no it's true you don't you you don't often see that part of the party movies want to just kind of uh get into the fun part but the fun part is the prep yeah it makes it feel like, more real it's one of the fun parts sorry yeah. Sebi, what or did you say i just think like showing that makes it feel more real oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um on the music i'm an idiot so i don't know anything but that's not true okay uh you literally know elvis <laughs> you listen to the elvis music. <laughs> i listened to one elvis album don't start me on liking elvis it's not true. Um, but this is kind of, if my understanding is correct from that uh, comics history 
I mean, uh, Hip Hop History comic by Ed Prisker that I read. This is kind of the the start of hip hop in a way, right? Like this sort of um, dance hall, like the early MCs are kind of just um, singing or even just kind of like speaking along to the music, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it's, eventually yeah. they would act, start rapping and, and creating their own lyrics. Yeah, it's also it's yeah. a little bit different too with like a big part I think of like what we know currently as like hip hop or rap is like is having like the looping sort of like break beat and like Mm -hmm. sampling in that way. Um, But it is interesting like if you watch like Babylon it like sort of gives you more of an insight because there is like an entire sequence when they're going out and like buying records that they think would be good to MC over. But like obviously MCing is such a different thing where they just let the record play and MC over it instead of like like uh, remixing it. But yeah. and a lot of that was in, in America, right? Like, the beginning of that yeah. were in yeah. New York and stuff. Mostly in New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is interesting to see because it you can see how that would lead to uh, how emceeing would become rapping in just seeing mm-hmm. it in that form. You can you can see that it's like... Oh, absolutely. Know, I mean, it's so the same It's the same principle, right? It's like uh, a charismatic person on the mic over top of some really great production... And they're kind of, the they're controlling the energy. They're controlling the vibe. They're controlling the, uh, uh, well, obviously controlling the lyrical content as well. But like, yeah, those are all the principles that still exist in rap like music MC- now. I, Rules. I had to look at, I was looking at his name, but I like the MC guy, Samson. And I really like when he tries to sing along when they're cooking and they kind of just oh, ignore yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I really liked the song they play. I mean, it didn't have any lyrics. I don't know what it was called. I want to find it. I think it is in the um, like the the scene near the end where everyone is dancing together. But there's kind of these cool sirens. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Is it like the instrumental song that like everyone's like moshing to? Yeah, yeah. It plays so frequently. They play it like they they loop it for a while. You know what I'm talking about? It's so good. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember I know sirens. Maybe it's not sirens. Maybe it's like a synth of some sort. They had sirens between every like switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I knew if I said sirens, you guys would think I was talking about that. I wish I said a different word because I was not talking about <laughs> that. <laughs> um, should we head down, uh, take a walk down the avenue? Should we... Black Actor Avenue. Let's walk. Let's take a walk. I didn't know any of the actors in this. I think Me neither. by design he's using relatively unknown actors or maybe just British TV actors who we're not as familiar with. But I mean, we can still praise some performances, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I absolutely oh, love the lead. I think she's she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she's as so I've good. said. As I've said multiple times already, like there's a lot of uh, internal stuff that she has to do in very subtle ways and brief interactions and um, just often in looks. And I think that everyone pulls it off. But, you know, she was her and her cousin, who, again, whose name I forget. What's his name again? Clifton. Clifton. Like those are the two I I was just blown away. Yeah, for sure. Amara J. St. Aubin plays Martha. Amara J. St. Aubin, yeah. She was really, really good. Who plays Clifton? 
uh, Kedar William Sterling. Really Great good work. If, if you guys are listening, if, if you're listening, <laughs> you guys are listening. You did great. <laughs> but it looks like relative. Oh, apparently he's on Sex Education, the Netflix show. But it it seems like relative unknowns, you know, which yeah. I think right. is a good call. He uses some bigger stars than some of the other ones, but yeah, John Boyega's in uh, Red, White, and Blue. Mm, Letitia Wright and Letitia Wright, group. yeah. But even those people are like, you know. My parents wouldn't know who they were. Like, I think young people know them. Yeah. Because your parents are old. Yeah. But your parents watch movies. Your parents are cool. They might know. If I said to my dad, that's the guy from Attack of the Block, you'd go, oh, cool. Sick. <laughs> I love your impression of your dad. Yeah, he sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Boyega's such an amazing actor, and he's so amazing in that. Yeah, he's really good in that. Uh, should we spin the official sound whack? I guess we kind of already did. Yeah, I just uh, the the one song that I know that I recognized was when they were singing "Sunday Girl" when they were getting ready for the party, but that was it. It's all I saw this pointed out in letterbox reviews and stuff. It's also wild. There's like an unironic kung fu fighting needle drop. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to bring I wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah. It, they they were genuinely excited about it. You never <laughs> see that song played now unless it's a a joke. Um not a, a joke necessarily, but it's like an ironic needle drop. Yeah. Normally. Um But they managed to do it in a way where it's like as an audience member, I was just in it and I was like, yeah. It's always weird when I'm reminded that, that was like a huge pop song. You know, and not like some weird kitschy thing. <laughs> how has yeah, it become a kitschy thing what do you what do you think the trajectory was well oh, i think story? it's a ridiculous song yeah the lyrics are <laughs> silly and racist <laughs> yeah um, the music I, itself it well i don't know I guess that hook is like the the intro is like kinda... crappy like repurposed whatever but the rest of the music i think is pretty good i imagine it was ironically used in some comedy yeah. during a fight scene which is every time i've seen it yeah. Like Kung Fu Panda, I think, uses it. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just thought that was worth mentioning. Um, should we give our wax scores? I think we could give it our scores, unless anybody has something else to say. Um,. I think... Yeah, Nara, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think... Because I already mentioned that, like, um, Babylon and Young Soul Rebels kind of touch on this culture a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I just think this sort of, like, house party culture, like, specifically, like, in the UK, when sort of, like, reggae dub was coming up is super interesting. And I think more people should do content about it or, like, surrounding it. Because I think it was, like... Do content about it, Nara. Do content about it. I like don't necessarily know what kind, whether it's a show or like a comic or something. <laughs> Make art about it. It doesn't Explore have to be art. It, I don't it know. just oh has God, to be content. Grandpa. Grandpa yeah. Come on. Maybe 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 I just have to seek it out, but I just think Seb is trying um, to point out that he hates the word content. 
Yeah, I, no, I completely agree with your point. Otherwise, I enjoy the word content when I don't know specifically what I want. Yeah, it's an unspecific word. What about Mara art? Was born. Were you born in the two thousands? Insomnia Content Festival. How does that sound? Nara doesn't know good, anything honestly. but content yeah, and um fine and... I want us to just do a podcast specific no I just think it I want to like see more like um I don't know I just want to see it more referenced or like more like more things that I can just like ingest with this which there probably is I just have to look for it but it's just that like every time I've seen a piece of like work or like i guess a film about it because i've seen three films about it it's such a like sort of visceral experience watching it um and it seemed like like this and like the other two films it sort of seems like it's like maybe that's also why there's not a ton of work about it is because it is such a specific thing that people don't want to misappropriate the stories and misappropriate the tone and like that's very difficult um but like i just think it's like such um, and also because it is just, like, a black culture. Like, it's not white folks doing it. Like, that's why there's so much, so much, like, I'm going to say content, but there's so much, like, content out there just about, like, punk, which was happening at the exact same time. And at this point, it's just, like, cliche and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I don't need another story about, like, reggae that or, like, ska that's from the perspective of, like, looking at like the specials or like the clash or something like i really don't care at this point like that's oversaturated like i want to sort of see like the reggae dub movement from the perspective of the people who are like not not that like actually had stakes in it or but to the people who like there's just more of a visceral reaction to it because i just think like all of it is like so engaging and it seems like it's very near and dear to people's hearts and like a very important like community staple that um like I personally would be interested in like learning a little bit more about it or like just seeing it like more sort of like talked about and acknowledged as like an important moment in like music history Mm. and I feel like small acts really shows what happens if you give a filmmaker uh, a platform to tell like very specific story like Steve McQueen is is making movies about the time and place where he grew up and they're you know hyper specific and, and very interesting and everything and so if you only give down to the ver- down to the very neighborhood too like it's specifically films about black folks in notting hill pretty much <laughs> like not that that's not a, a wider story that people can find their way into but like mm-hmm. right unless i'm rem- i didn't catch wrong, that but, but i think you're probably but, right yeah no and i definitely agree like the specificity is what makes it what makes it great and I know Hannah's trying to to uh, wrap up, but I do think it's also interesting. No, sorry, I was I'm I'm genuinely listening. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, okay. we said we would uh, keep it short this time, but I do want to say I think it is interesting that it's like seems like what used to be, and I don't want to get into the film TV thing again, but what would have been even ten years ago a series of mid budget movies or one movie, um, now it seems more and more like auteur directors. Um, are opting for tv because the mid-budget movie is disappearing and it's only big budget or indie movies now or you go to television nicholas winding refn did some weird crime thing that was like 18 hours long um it seems yeah. like more and more people are doing that <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely i i you know i think that's the interesting conversation to have if you want to talk about this you know as a film 
slash TV thing. And, you know, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode, so we don't have to go into it much. But yeah, that like the the I am just the fact that this was able to that these six movies were able to be made and made in the way that they were, I think was possible because it was like made as this kind of anthology series. I, I don't know if it would have been possible to make like, you know, a 60 minute, like, you know, what's like the Alex Weedle one. It's like under an hour or maybe education yeah, yeah. under an hour. Anyway, a lot of other than mangrove, like that one's two hours, but the rest of them all kind of hover around like 60 to 70 minutes. And I just can't imagine that the films would have been able to be made in the way that they were uh, if they were, like, funded and distributed with the expectation that, like, you know, they're films that have to play uh, in why play yeah play in multiplexes around the world like next two Avengers yeah exactly I... like yeah sorry Nara but I did have the opinion while I was watching this film that it would be so much better if i watched it on a big screen yeah i agree oh that's, absolutely. that's it, my I, only hesitance yeah. with all the directors going tv yeah oh i would have loved to you know but I, I just don't know if it would have been able to get made in the same way um mm-hmm. and so it makes sense that like yeah he he would make it as a five film anthology series uh i don't know mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah, and it might not have been as esoteric if it had to be a mainstream film or or whatever. Um, yeah, would you, would you have been I... able to have these like ten minute long scenes where it's just people dancing? Yeah, probably not. Nara, I'm sorry, I jumped on you about the content thing. It's fine. I guess I'll just <laughs> learn to use more specific language. No, I don't Nara, know. It's... I'm sorry, I made fun of you for being young. I was joking. That's what? fine. I like Nara, being young. I, I didn't make fun of you for anything, so I hope we're cool. Yeah, you're fine, Adam. You're perfect the way you are. Never change. I just don't want my favorite movie of the year described with the same word that Pizza Pockets uses to show how much cheese is in that. I wasn't I wasn't describing this specific movie. I was describing the time or the culture that it was. Yeah, and I completely agree. More movies, more shows, more art, more books should be made about that period. You just don't like the word content. I get it. Yeah, and I and about... I overreacted. I can see that. I'm overreacting now. Hannah has fainted. <laughs> I'm just was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think especially when we are talking about like the digital media ha- like blurring the lines between um you know, film and television and all these different you know, previously kind of specified categories which is happening more and more these days and like I don't think that it's a crime to describe it as content I like I think that that in itself is dismissive of the like different forms of art that are made on different scales through the digital medium and like this like I think content is kind of a nice umbrella term the fact that like some pieces of art are not defined by being one thing they're they're choosing their own pathway I don't know I'm not like it's not like I love using the word content all the time but I also 
don't think we have to go, oh my God, we're inflating like real art with like Charlie D'Amelio TikTok dances. Like, I think that there is space for all, like, I just, like, I don't know. I just, I think that like, we are really getting into a place now where like movie and TV are almost indistinguishable. Yeah. Same with like YouTube. Like there's just digital media comes out with different expressions. But Why I'm not, are we just... I'm not judging any of those things, but you used art like three times when you were just but talking there. Why not just say think... art? What if... Okay, I, I have personal caveats for calling things art, but would, it, would you prefer if I said I want more media about this topic? Sure, and it's not about what but, you said, Nara. I overreacted to what you said. I'm just talking about the larger thing. I know. I'm just saying, like, look, this is this content as a term is being pushed into the popular vernacular. Why don't we just accept it instead of being like, get off my lawn? Because I think it's Crazy being pu- it's not being pushed by people. It's being pushed by companies who want you to think of all art not as interchangeable slot. It's like, it's just like, it's maybe a company that'll push the kissing booth on maybe... you and, and the Irishman, right? And yeah, go, but... they're the same. Well, I, I'm, no, I no one's also saying they they're the same. same, though. No one they're is saying movies. they're the same. <laughs> they're saying, like, I think, <laughs> I think I like that there is almost, like, a neutrality about content because it means that there are less boxes confining what people make. And I think to roll our eyes at the term content is also to dismiss the works of people who are quote-unquote content makers, which I think is obviously a very vague category and it's broad, but, like, there are a lot of, like, interesting things that can fall under that umbrella head and I just still like I don't want to be someone who's like well I grew up in the 2000s or and so now I think that anything on the internet is like super like silly and superficial but I think all that stuff can be art too I shouldn't have said the kissing booth thing because that goes against my point yeah that's well, what I, I don't well care. that I'm that, not defending that's my the fear kissing of it booth. I don't care. that's what I was gonna say like I feel like my fear of it is that uh People create a distinction about like what or people in people's minds, you create a distinction of like what's art and what's content when like, I don't know, it's all. I just like, don't honestly, think any like, of it TikTok, should be TikTok videos, TikTok videos are art. Like if that's yeah, you, also, like I, that's how. That, yeah. So Renara, you have your hands up. You have oh, your hand I was up. just going to I was just gonna say I personally, as somebody who is in little first year art school, which is like the most pretentious year of anything of any situation you could ever be in like maybe it'd be more pretentious if i went to i don't know what a famous art school is second year clown college is worse from what i hear yeah um (laughs) if i went to like nyu or something maybe it'd be more pretentious but i like i just have reservations about labeling things as art because the place that i come from or my relationship to art is that it's a very inaccessible thing and i think things like movies and television are so much more accessible than art has been like is traditionally seen in the institution so like i have reservations about calling it that like the same with like which is like totally like part of the bigger issue where it's like art should just be more accessible and then therefore there should be like less limitations on what can be called art but then i feel like then you will have the same issue with like the content art thing because art will just be conflated to everything so there does have to be some sort of exclusivity to it I think that art is already kind of been determined by us as having this like kind of higher meaning that I think is bullshit. Yeah, like, I agree. I think I, was gonna say I, I w- want to 
blur the lines between like high and low art, quote unquote. But I think we already have this idea in our head of like art being this kind of fixed like entity. And I, again, content isn't my favorite term, but I think there's something like democratizing about it. And something that kind of feels more like accessible I like the idea that like someone's masterpiece can be called content and so can something that someone would dismiss. And Seb, like you're being really Republican right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I, okay. <laughs> if I was uh, a Republican, I, <laughs> I would set up a streaming service with my billions of dollars and go, what garbage can I fill this with? Content. It doesn't matter. I'll just buy a certain amount of content. Of I, th- I, I, yeah, yeah. but, but it, it but demeans all of it. Time, yeah, but Seb, these streaming services that you despise, they actually make it cheaper and more accessible for the masses to consume the works that you deem great. And like, yes, all of us would love to see works like this repeatedly, like in the theater and be able to experience it. And, but that is a privilege. And like, I would argue that like, Yes, I don't love the fact that it's making like assholes like bajillionaires. I don't love that aspect of it. But at the very least, it's like it's more accessible to people. It means that like you can be some random kid who and like access all of this art and work and content right before your eyes. And like, I don't know, I I think that that I think you're I don't know. We can talk about this later. <laughs> I think all I think all of its art and all of its content. I honestly think like I I just I just feel like when we start getting into these like semantic terms about like you know the value where it's like seemingly the terms are placing some value on differentiations of like creative output. Uh I don't know, it's weird to me. I do understand like you know, on the kind of business side of it, how like reducing everything or not reducing, um, but how labeling everything as content is like a, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, that's an attitude that does certainly like not give a shit about what the work is actually doing. It's an attitude where it's like exists only like, this is a thing that people will eat up. But uh, as a uh, <clears throat> artist, uh, I honestly don't care. Honestly, I honestly don't give a shit what people would ever say about my work. Like, if you call it content, it's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like... against streaming services. We can be done. But I'm just, I just think it demeans all of it. I'm not trying to create tears. I'm saying it demeans all art, to call it that. Mm. And I think how we refer to things changes how we think of them. Right. Yeah. If we and called that's why everything, I think we should have. If we called everything trash, then we would think of everything as trash, even if it was art. <laughs> yeah, but I think okay. Again, I I think a neutralizing term like content is kind of a solution. Movies to experience. media. Yeah, but movies art. and film and all of this stuff. I like I said, the lines are becoming more blurred, and I think that's really cool. That's how we get pieces like this that we talked about today. Also, my roommate's gonna be home soon with my dinner. Can we wrap up? I think we should all just <laughs> just do the Lutheran thing and say all art is evil and blasphemy. Maybe. 
Yeah. Sure. Let's be like Luther with his however many theses he nailed to the door. And Idris Elba played him so well, if I remember rightly. That's and a joke for my parents only. Um, Adam has left. Adam said BRB, but I don't know oh, where okay. he's BRBing to. So he's I not honestly back. feel like we should just cut all that out. It's so pointless. It has nothing to do with the movie. I know I brought it up. <laughs> but okay. Sorry, you... I didn't mean to get so heated with you over the Zoom. It's okay. I don't think we disagree that much. I'm not saying we shouldn't have Netflix. I think everyone should be able to, like, people should torrent movies if they can't afford them. And, like, people should have Netflix if they if they want it. They should steal it from their neighbor. Whatever. Uh, I think everyone should have access to this stuff. I just I care think, about the stuff itself. I think everybody should, um, we should do it where one person has, like, everybody just has one streaming account and then you just piggyback off of other people's. <laughs> so it's, like, only one person well, in the world much... has an Amazon Prime account or whatever and then everybody else takes that. That's pretty much what and I only do. One... Yeah. If anybody has a movie account they want to give me the password to, um, please. Can we can we please give our scores? I'm sorry. Yes. Um so, yeah. Okay, scores. Scores. I I'll start. I don't think it was that whack. <laughs> I think it was very opposite of whack. I just thought it was nice. I'm gonna give it maybe I don't know what I would say is whack about it. It's like not whack. Maybe like thinking like retroactively that Kung Fu Fighting was a big song is kind of whack. <laughs> but that's that's about it. That that racist so, song was number one in the world. Yeah, I guess I'll give it a point five for this movie bringing that back. That's not that whack though. Racist songs are popular. Have been popular for forever. They continue to. be That's popular. true. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that it was like popular but not not kitschy like it was just serious mm-hmm. fun right. or maybe it was kitschy and they were liking it in like a kitschy fun way i just didn't get yeah, that well, if it was context. if it was a disco song there was probably an element of camp or like yeah and they're, they're doing exaggerated it. dance moves and stuff they, they don't clearly don't think it's okay. a, a masterwork but it's weird <laughs> how mainstream it was yeah so i'm gonna give it a point five. wow a point five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait uh, what do you think i was gonna give it <laughs> i don't know well i I was going to give it a two because I don't think the film is whack, but I do think that it was it, the way it told the story was unconventional in the way that it really kind of like zoomed in on the party. And it was like everything we learned about the characters was in passing. Mm-hmm. And like we spent more time learning about the workings of the party and I, and just watching people dance to like a full song in a movie multiple times is definitely like it's whack in a good way but it's, it's like genius. definitely unconventional so i will give it a two because it's also still not that whack but there's some there's some whackness yeah i think um i mean i i always say my definition of whack is just like what does it do that's different or unique or or you know innovative and yeah, I think it definitely is for me. Like, you know, like the the sequences you mentioned, Hannah, where it's just full songs. Like, 
I know it wasn't 10 minutes, which I think I said earlier, but it feels like we're dancing for like a full 10 minutes. Like it feels like we're dancing for, and I don't, I don't say that pejoratively. Like I enjoy it. I love it. It doesn't feel like too long or anything. Yeah. I use the word pejoratively. Remember? Did you jump on me for using that? (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't jump on you for using that. What the, I remember what it was. You said that someone said that they meant whack pejoratively or that they think whack means pejoratively. And then we were all like, mm, yeah, pejorative. I remember I Googled what pejorative okay, me- okay, meant. Okay. I would never <laughs> jump on you for that, Seth. I would never jump on you for anything. I love you. I love you too. I was, I was trying to think of the time you jumped on me and I, I'm failing to think of one. So I guess you're maybe right. I've, I'm probably, I've probably jumped on you before. And for that, <laughs> Sebi, I'm sorry. Hey, audience members, audience members, if you think if if it's tense right now and if we've cut something before, just know we had a big argument. Yeah, but I actually think none of us fully disagreed or agreed and it didn't get that. Like it got. I thought it was a good conversation. I thought it was a good conversation, to be honest. Anyway, sorry. Um, Yeah. So I actually think it's a really interesting film. Really good film. I know neither of you said it wasn't an interesting film. But I think it's um, whack in the best way. I'll give it a 3.5. One and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is whack. I just like it and I want to watch it with my friends and talk and hear what they had to say. Is that a crime? Hannah's fainted again. Seb, you're playing by your own rules. I like, and I at the point five is because of the you know experiments with time and and music and and uh, that's already been discussed. I'm, it would I'm be just, a one otherwise. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that you th- like, I gave I didn't didn't even give nowhere a full five whack. I don't know how you would expect this to get a high whack score. I no, didn't. I just wanted when my I was watching watch it, it. I was like, this is another classic Seb. <laughs> Seb's doing Ma- his classic like, bit. Obviously, I enjoyed the movie. I'm happy I watched it. <laughs> but it's another classic Seb playing by his own rules. I feel like it's a I while really... since you've done this bit, though, where you bring in the least whack I didn't movies. do it on purpose. This is. I just wanted to. Bit. It's a good party to talk about. I, you know? I want to see. I want us to do a series where we do the least whack film and then just watch Seb bring the wildest <laughs> film we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Baby. Um, what's, so let's go in. And the, uh, the whack score for uh, Lover's Rock is a super high 1.87. 1.87. Slightly above G.I. Joe. Hey, there you go. It's Hell point zero yeah. four above. consistency, folks. <laughs> I guess it wasn't a while since you, but I feel like that one's not a particular. Like that one's not like an unwhack movie. Yeah, it's, th- just it's not weird. A movie. This is higher than GI Joe. <laughs> 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 they blow up the Eiffel Tower in GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but GI Joe's not even a movie. Like, so I don't. Yeah, know Yeah, that I was the thing. I think that's why we. Yeah, GI Joe well. is content. Yeah, hey, 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 come on now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all Sorry, right. Steven Summers. Uh, yeah, come on. Thank you to Emma Kudlack for the logo, as always. Thank you to Ian Mills, as always, for the music. Um, go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter, insomniacfestival.com. You can learn more about us at any of those places. You can also watch Insomniac the movie, and play Insomniac the movie, the game, which are both available on our website and are both 
really good. Also, you can buy some merch. I feel like I should say that. If anyone's, yeah. you know, we also have merch that's really nice, really good. So um, good. So yeah, go do all those things. Next week, Hannah, do you have a, you want to do one? Me? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, man. Um, I'm still, like, not entirely sure what movie I want to do. Um... I think you should do Sleepover. I haven't seen Sleepover. Crazy oh, okay. enough. Can't hardly hey, wait. I haven't. Se- I haven't seen Can't Hardly Wait. Me neither. I want to watch it. I haven't seen it either. Oh um, wait. Oh, I, I was... have seen Can't Hardly Wait, and I think it was bad. <laughs> if it's the, what I'm thinking of. I was thinking of Super Bad. Oh, Is that like bad. too on the nose? Be- I guess there's a party. Oh yeah, there's. Oh a big my party. god. It, what? It's all about a party. And it's they go to another party and it's all about going to the party. Okay. That's literally what nowhere is about too. Like there's just a party at the end, but the entire movie's about going to the party. Yeah, it's definitely a party movie. But like, is that too obvious? Is that oh, discuss it off mic. You do super bad. Yeah. Okay, we'll just do super bad. Cool. Nice. Hell yeah. What? I'm excited. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, so come back next week. We'll talk about Super Bad. We're finally doing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the movie we would say, we said we from day one, we will do Super Bad at some point. Yeah. I feel like we might have. You can finally set those countdowns. <laughs> uh, and how does the movie end? Adam, to... time for church. She doesn't even say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast.